good evening. It is 5 p.m. and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 11.9 FM. Broadcasting from Lower Carruthers Hall on Queen's campus in Kingston, Ontario. Today in YGK is brought to you by CFRC's News Collective, Christina Laurie, Danielle Draper, Dinah Jansen, Erica Singh, Zayden Vergara, and Chloe Paris. CFRC's news programming is made possible by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What Will I Wear at 732 Princess Street, and The Screening Room at ScreeningRoomKingston.com. I'm CFRC's broadcast journalist, Christina Laurie, and here are your local news headlines. In a message from the City of Kingston, Kingston Climate Change Symposium shines spotlight on local biodiversity and a new green age. Join the City and Sustainable Kingston at the 2024 Climate Change Symposium on Monday, January 29th for an engaging and informative discussion that will leave you inspired and motivated to act. Jeff Hendry, Chief Operating Officer at Sustainable Kingston, states, quote, This signature event is all about sparking action, showcasing the latest progress in community-driven climate projects and enhancing our local community connections. Join us for inspiring talks on biodiversity, technology, and how we can work together to create a more resilient future." End quote. Bob McDonald, one of Canada's most prominent science journalists and the host of the award-winning radio show Quirks and Quarks, will provide a virtual keynote address. Bob will bring audiences on a journey of exploration through the incredible technologies available now and in the future, with a sense of optimism and hope for the new green age. Ewa Jackson, Managing Director at ICLEI, Canada and leading expert in local climate adaption and resilience, will also join the speaker lineup to deliver an inspiring talk exploring the importance of effective climate communication. Through this engaging presentation, Ewa will address the who, what, why, when, and how of talking about climate change with any audience. Audience members will get a chance to apply the lessons presented in Ewa's talk. The symposium will also feature a thought-provoking panel discussion on biodiversity with experts Holly Evans, Cataract Way Conservation, Maureen Buchanan, All Our Relations Land Trust, and Shannon Lem. Frontenac Arc Biosphere. They will explore diverse topics including watershed health, indigenous-led conservation, and community engagement, providing profound insights into climate resilience. While the event will return to the Kingston Grand Theatre for the first time in three years, the city and sustainable Kingston will continue to offer a live stream for virtual attendees. The live stream will be available on the City of Kingston YouTube channel. No registration is required. You can get your tickets now for the in-person event at kingstongrand.ca, $20 for general admission and $15 for students. Thanks to Kingston Transit, attendees can enjoy complimentary transit to and from the venue. Simply show your ticket and ride for free. In lieu of payment, virtual attendees are asked to consider a donation to the Kingston Community Climate Action Fund. The fund helps local nonprofits and charities carry out projects to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. 100% of funds donated support local climate action initiatives. Climate change is an issue that affects us all. If you are interested in attending but are unable to purchase tickets, please request complimentary tickets using Sustainable Kingston's online forum or by contacting Jeff Hendry at jeff at sustainablekingston.com. In a message from the Kingston Frontenac Public Library, spoken here an evening of poetry, language, and culture with Sadiqa Demare. Join Kingston's poet laureate Sadiqa Demare in celebrating the region's blend of cultures through an exclusive poetry reading event, Spoken Here, hosted by the Kingston Frontenac Public Library. Attendees will listen to folks reading a poem that they love in its original language, and then in their English translations, as facilitated by Demare. This event promises a unique linguistic experience, fostering a deeper appreciation for the rich poetic heritage thriving alongside Kingston Frontenac's growing population. Let the beauty of poetry's boundless expression inspire your creativity, with talented voices shaping the future of our community, said Jake Miller, Librarian, Adult Programming. 
He added, collaborating with Sadika to highlight the words and voices of newcomers has been truly special. This event is a testament to our partnership and her ongoing dedication to showcasing the creative talents within our community. Registration is required for the event, scheduled for February 12th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at the Isabel Turner branch. You can visit calendar.kfpl.ca or call 613-549-8888 to register. In a message from the City of Kingston, let's talk trash. The City of Kingston is seeking input from residents regarding the move to a card-based waste collection program. Throughout the fall, staff gathered early feedback from residents during in-person engagements and through an online Q&A. This feedback was used to develop a survey, which will help determine potential options for cart size and collection frequency. Karen Stantucci, Director of Public Works and Solid Waste states, quote, we are looking to residents to tell us their preferences for how the cart-based waste collection may look in Kingston. This program will affect residents across the city, so it's important that people have their say to ensure a smooth and successful transition. The survey is now open and will be available on Get Involved Kingston until Friday, February 9th at 4 p.m. Feedback can also be shared by phone or email. You can call 613-546-0000 Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. or contact them at wastestrategies at cityofkingston.ca. Results of the survey will be used to make recommendations to Kingston City Council on how best to move forward with this program. The city will begin rolling out the new carts in summer 2025. The city's current waste collection system is a manual one, where garbage is picked up by hand. The waste industry as a whole has shifted in recent years, with many municipalities shifting to automated collection, where no manual lifting is required. Back injuries, muscle strain, and falls are some of the most common injuries facing waste collectors. That wraps up your headlines for this evening, and next up is Zayden Vergara with your sports desk. Good evening, everyone. My name is Zayden Vergara, and stay tuned tonight at 5.30 for your CFRC Sports Rundown, taking an in-depth look at your Queens men's hockey team and their two triumphant wins over the Toronto Varsity Blues and the Concordia Stingers. Also taking a look at both the Athletes of the Week for Queens as they're both coming from both the men's and women's hockey team. Finally, looking at Chia Baker's record of 1,000 career assists as the Gales cap their weekend with another win over the York Lions. We'll be looking at another player with 1,000 points, Laura Donovan, as she hits 1,000 career points as the women's basketball team top Varsity Blues to sweep Toronto in a crazy road trip. Finally, we'll be rounding off the weekend, taking a look at the Kingston Frontenacs as they hosted the Saginaw Spirit on Saturday in a crazy physical matchup. You don't want to miss out, stay tuned at 5.30. But on that note, over to Erica Singh with your campus news updates. Discussions surrounding the Queen's budget cuts continue as Provost Matthew Evans and Dean Barbara Crow made an appearance at the last Queen's Arts and Science Undergraduate Society meeting, and a special Senate meeting was held last week to discuss the topic. While Evans and Crow were in attendance at the ACES meeting, not much new information was divulged as questions from students remained unanswered. Evans often redirected ArtSci-related questions to Dean Crow, and Crow declined to answer, stating that there would be another opportunity in the future to ask questions. At Wednesday's special Senate meeting, Provost Evans presented some new figures to members of the Senate, stressing the role of the Faculty of Arts and Science in spending. After Monday and Wednesday's meetings, 
Queen's Students vs. Cuts, a group of students and members of the Queen's community that have been speaking out regarding the cuts and the lack of transparency from the university since November, made posts criticizing the narrative being pushed regarding the role of arts and science in the deficit, and expressed their disappointment in the lack of discussion at the ACES meeting. Ethan Shulcott, one of the members of Queen's Students vs. Cuts, sat down with CFRC after last week's events to talk about Queen's Students vs. Cuts and the recent developments in the discussion surrounding the Queen's budget crisis. off, Queensy Students versus Cuts has been, I would say a lot of people, especially students, main source. You've gathered a lot of information since the story broke. What are the objectives behind this page and the reasoning behind stepping up to get this content out to students? Primarily, it's an information page. The organization is almost its own separate thing. Um, we just, we all feel, and everyone across all sorts of organizations involved in this field that Queens has just been dropping the ball really badly on transparency and communication. And I, you know, we'd all been hearing about stuff like rumors for a long time. And there was just very little that was actually accessible to students unless they sort of knew someone who knew someone who had been given a copy of something by a professor. So we wanted to centralize everything and get the information out there so students could make informed decisions about their education. Absolutely. And broad question, but what are some of the major concerns the group has about these cuts and the way the university has been handling it so far? The lack of um, communication just in general, but particularly, I mean, with students, it's one thing, but also one of the things that really concerns us is the fact that staff and faculty often don't know what's going on or aren't being consulted, which means students looking to have their questions answered can't even ask their professors. They can't, you know, I can't go and ask my department administrator about this. I can't go ask a professor for details because they often have as much information as we do. And it's just, you know, everyone is sort of working in the dark, which makes it, you know, it's, it's, it's scary for everyone. Students don't know what's going to happen to their programs. People don't know what's going to happen to their jobs. Um, I mean, it, it started as a student thing, but now a lot of the communication we do and a lot of the people we engage with are also their like staff and faculty because it's it's actually been quite it's been quite good and sort of uplifting to see how much solidarity there has been between staff and faculty and undergrads and graduate students and even even faculty members sort of coming together around this issue. Um which has been nice. It, w it would be nice if it weren't under these circumstances, but that's that's been a positive, definitely. Um, I guess some of the other concerns is that we worry that the messaging and the narrative that is being constructed around these budget cuts is not an accurate representation of Queens's finances. They put 20 million away last year towards a new building, and they're putting another 35 million out of there um investment windfalls this year towards a new building as well and you know in two years where they're saying that they're in this you know this existential crisis where you know they're threatening hundreds of layoffs and at the town hall they're saying you know the university might close and all that even if it's just rhetorical the fact that they're putting away tens of millions into new capital projects like while they're also pushing this it's just there's a disconnect somewhere um and so, yeah, it's it's a question of values, I think, mm -hmm. whether the importance of capital projects, whether the sort of advancement of growing is more important than maintaining 
the quality of education currently. That's one of the things that we're we're uh, concerned about. I mean, there there are all sorts of threads to this. I mean, we're worried about what's going on in Ontario as well, but that's sort of I'd say beyond our pay grade. But obviously, we're not being uh, we're not being paid anyway. But that is that is like beyond our reach at the moment. So the least we can do is address the issues at Queen's, which is a university that is being uniquely affected um, despite, you know, inflation and COVID and, and tuition freeze being something that affects all Ontario universities. Um, Queen's is portraying itself at least as being in a worse state than the rest of them. And if that's true, we would like to know why. And if it's not true, we would like to know why it's being presented that way. Yeah, and you got into the Senate meeting there for a moment. I was wondering if you could speak a bit more to that. I know posts have already been made with concerns that the presentations were perhaps less than helpful. I was wondering if you could get into some of the details from yesterday. Yeah, so I mean, on the one hand, I appreciate that more information is now being presented from the provost's office. Um, you know, those some of those numbers were not numbers we had access to before. There's a page now on the Provost website where it has all the presentations um, that have been given and all sort of the latest updates. And even mentioned that they were considering doing like a monthly newsletter. And that, that would be good from a strategy perspective, just for I mean, like from their perspective, giving people insight into what their general strategic goals are. Mm-hmm. But it is still lacking in a couple ways. Um, one of them would be that a lot of stuff is deflected to the faculties. Um, uh, the ASSIS assembly on Monday, which was billed, and I think it's still on their page, on their social media pages as a discussion period with Dean Crow and Provost Evans. Dean Crow arrived, sat in the audience, and then said that she wasn't taking any questions. And then so half the meeting was... Provost Evans saying, well, that's really a question for Dean Crow and everyone turning around and looking at her. And then there was an awkward silence for about 10 seconds. Then we moved on to the next question. But as to the other thing about the helpfulness of the presentation, a lot of it seems to be stressed around targeting arts and science as this big, like, revenue draining, like, you know, look at it compared to all these other faculties with its huge, scary bar into the negatives and all the other faculties are just like dipping into the negatives but it nothing was really addressed by Provost Evans in the meeting that acknowledged the fact that ArtSci is massive. It is not the same as other faculties in that there is such a breadth of subjects addressed in it. You know, this, you know, Smith School of Business, like you've got business, you've got engineering, you've got health sciences, law, education, like those are very specific, but arts and sciences covers a large sort of portion of of human knowledge so it's it's not easy to run and it's not easy to centralize and it is so large that when you divide sort of like what we did was just look at the numbers that he gave in the presentation and then tried to see what it was proportional to the actual size of each faculty which is up on our page right now And when you do that, when you divide the projected deficit by things like the number of faculty members or the number of undergrad students, you realize that actually 
arts and science doesn't even have like the largest deficit per undergrad student or per faculty member, which, you know, raises questions about why it's being presented that way, why the issue of the size of arts and science isn't really coming into play and how it's being presented. You know, people aren't really talking about cuts to the Smith School of Business, but it's actually, you know, on a per student and per staff member basis. So proportional to its size, mm -hmm. it's a, it, the cuts that are necessary to get it into equilibrium are going to be um, proportionally greater to those in arts and science. Um, and that's just not a subject that's been discussed because if people start discussing that or people start discussing equilibrium in engineering, then all of a sudden you've got all the faculties together concerned about how this is being addressed and that would make it significantly harder um, for the provost office to push cuts through if everyone's objecting. And so it's this sort of this divide and conquer technique, which is a little concerning um, to be getting from your, your university's administration. To hear the full story and interview with Ethan, be sure to tune in tomorrow at 5 p.m. to Kingston Currents. Next up is Emma with your weather and traffic report for this evening. This is Emma Chow coming in with your CFRC weather report for Monday, January 22nd. This evening, we're expecting periods of snow. Winds will be coming from the west at 20 kilometers an hour, gusting to 40, be easing up near midnight. We'll have a low of minus five with wind chill being minus 11. Tomorrow morning, we're looking at cloudy skies with a 60% chance of light snow in the morning and early in the afternoon. Winds will be up to 15 kilometers an hour and we will have a high of zero with wind chill at minus seven in the morning. For tomorrow evening, we're expecting periods of snow and a low of minus four. Now it's time for your CFRC weekly traffic report. Please note that the winter parking ban is in effect. Motorists are advised that overnight on-street parking is not permitted during the months of January and February. For road closures, University Avenue Union to Earl is closed until May 29th for the removal of debris from demolition and concrete deliveries at the Queen's JDEC project. In other delays, Queen Street, Montreal to Sydenham, expects an eastbound lane closure until April 1st, 2024. Detours will be in place for the duration of the lane closure. And now it's time for the Community Concert and Events Calendar for January 22nd to 28th. Starting with the 22nd, Kingston Frontenac Public Library, the Calvin Park location, will be hosting Talking Cafe, an opportunity for adults and seniors to participate in informal discussions about subjects of interest to all, guided by a host. Talking will take place from 3 to 4 p.m. To register for free, visit kpl.ca. Moving on to January 23rd, Queen's Summer Work Experience Program will be holding a summer and part-time job fair from 10.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at Grant Hall. Whether you're looking for full or part-time work in Kingston or elsewhere, this is your chance to explore opportunities and meet with prospective employers in person. On-site resume review and preparation support will also be available. Drop in at any time between 10.30 a.m. and 3.30 p.m. No need to register. Also on January 23rd, Wanna Be a Gale will be held at Ellis Hall from 7 to 8 p.m. This event is an opportunity for interested students in ArtSci, Kin, Con Ed, and CompSci to learn more about becoming ACES orientation leaders. Registration is not required. On January 24th, the Engineering and Technology Fair will take place at Grant Hall from 10.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Explore future career opportunities and meet and network with prospective employers in person. 
On-site resume review and preparation support, as well as one-on-one career coaching and advising, will also be available. This event is open to all students of all years, but it will be particularly focused toward engineering and computing disciplines. No need to register. Drop in any time between 10.30 and 3.30. On January 25th, Breast Friends will be holding an inaugural bra drive from 12 to 4 p.m. at the ARC. Donate your ill-fitting or unwanted bras. Breast Friends will be distributing donated bras to community members in need at the Kingston Interval House and the Integrated Care Hub. Bra donors will also be entered in a giveaway for a chance to win a $50 Best Buy gift card and a $30 Novel Ideal gift card. Message qu.breast.friends at gmail.com for further information or if you require accommodations. Also on January 25th is Runner's Choice Weekly 2SLGBTQIA Plus Run. Participants will meet at Runner's Choice at 6.15pm for a 5-6 kilometer run. There will also be a post-run social for those who are interested. If you are part of the 2SLGBTQIA Plus community and are interested in joining this run for the first time, please contact Runner's Choice at 613-542-2410 or visit their website at runnerschoicekingston.com. Don't miss the historical costume ball drag show Fashion Pageant Spectacular on January 25th. This show will take place from 7 to 10 p.m. at the Agnes Etherington Arts Center. Kingston's Dare de la Femme, Tiffany Morgan, and Rowena Way showcase, with emphasis on the word show, their bespoke garments. Come costume up and get ready to mingle or dance. Register for the event for free at agnes.queensu.ca. On January 26th and 27th, TEDx QueensU will be hosting the 14th Annual Conference at the Isabel Bader Center at 6.30 p.m. This event will feature speakers from across the globe that have innovative ideas worth sharing. This year's theme is Wonder. Insightful topics spanning science, business, technology, leadership, social issues, and more will be discussed. Doors open at 5.30 p.m. For further information, a detailed itinerary of the event, and to purchase tickets, visit TEDxQueensU.com. On January 27th, the Agnes Etherington Arts Center presents Deep Looking, a free, guided tour of their new exhibition, Who is Bell Island?, Billy Kearns and Jill Glatt collaborate on this exhibition that asks, what does it mean to be a local artist, and how can we honor the land with stories we tell? To register for free, visit agnes.queensu.ca. Are you a trans, non-binary, genderqueer, genderfluid, or any other non-cisgender person who wants a safer space to swim and to meet other students and wider trans community members? Head over to the ARC on January 28th at 2.30pm for a solidarity swim. Swimmers will meet at the ARC Earl Street entrance at 2.20pm. This event is free and open to the wider Kingston community. For more information and to register, visit gogalesgo.com. Moving on to our concert listings, there will be live jazz on January 22nd. Morning Doves, a local jazz trio, will be performing at Musiki Cafe and Whiskey Bar from 7 to 11 p.m. for free. On January 23rd, Tom Savage will be hosting an afternoon happy hour jam at the RCHA Club. This is an open mic jam with Tom Savage and friends where everyone is welcome. The event is free and runs from 4 to 7 p.m. Also on the 23rd, the Grand Theatre presents Walking Through the Fire, a collaborative and magical performance featuring award-winning First Nations, Métis, and Inuit artists from across Canada, along with billboard-charting Sultans of Strength. The show is a blend of various musical styles, including Métis fiddling, East Coast Kitchen Party, Roomba, Rock, and the drumming of the Pacific Northwest. The performance starts at 7.30pm, and tickets can be purchased at kingstongrand.ca. On January 24th, head over to the Musiki Café and Whiskey Bar at 8pm to see Frank Ryan perform. This event is pay what you want by donation to the musicians. On January 25th, Beats Working will be performing jazz melodies and songs from Sicily at the RCHA Club at 7pm. Cover is $5. Also on the 25th, Jazz Thursdays will be taking place at Blue Martini and Dave Barton Trio will be taking the stage at 7pm for a free jazz show. Later on in the night at Blue Martini, Christopher Jackson and special guests will be playing from 7 to 9pm for free. All ages are welcome. Looking for an audience to test out your new music, poetry, drag, lip syncs, performance art, dance, and more? 
On January 25th, Modern Fuel will be launching The Local Muse, an open stage for curious minds and creative oddballs. The event will run like an open mic with the opportunity to sign up for your 5-minute slot when you arrive or at any point throughout the evening. All sound equipment will be provided and there will be refreshments available. This event is free to attend and everyone is welcome. Also on the 25th, Blue Martini will be hosting Royal Jam Open Mic Night at 9pm for free. Calling all Swifties, on January 26th at 9pm, come shake it off at Taylor Swift Karaoke Night at the Mansion. This event is being hosted by Queen's University Dance Marathon and Queen's University Taylor Swift Society. Tickets are $5 and all proceeds will go toward the Children's Miracle Network. Purchase tickets on Eventbrite. So on the 26th, Kieran and Robinson will be performing at the Caesar Company at 8pm for free. Happy Hour TGIF, Smoking Roosters will be playing some great tunes from the 70s onward at the RCHA Club on the 26th from 4.30 to 6.30pm. This event is free and drink specials will be available. Also at the RCHA Club on the 26th, the Change will be performing classic rock and non-stop hits from 8 to 11pm with a $10 cover. Catch Rust Pump live at the Merchant Tap House from 10.30pm to 1.30am for free, also on the 26th. Stand-up comedy with Lisa Lehman and Logan Willits will be taking place at the Rural Tavern on the 26th from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. for free. Head over to Spearhead Brewing on the 26th from 7 to 10 p.m. for a free all-ages open mic night. Moving on to the 27th, the Birds of a Feather will be playing at the Embassy Live Music Cafe at 7 p.m. Cover is $10. On the 27th, Canadian singer-songwriter Sarah Sleen will be joining the Kingston Symphony for a tribute to the genius of Joni Mitchell from 7.30 to 9 p.m. at the Grand Theatre. Sarah Sleen brings her unique take on the very best of Joni's songbook, layering familiar gems with her own perspective and superlative voice with beautiful musical arrangements by Grammy Award-winning artist Vince Mendoza. Tickets vary in price and can be purchased at kingstongrand.ca. Catch Trevor Walsh at the Caesar Company on the 27th from 8 to 11 p.m. for free. And over at the Royal Tavern from 8 p.m. to 1 a.m., there will be a free karaoke night. On January 28th, there will be a musical performance at the Isabel Bader Center at 2 p.m. Tickets start at $30 for the general public, $27 for Queen's faculty and staff, and $10 for students and may be purchased at queensu.ca slash theisabel. Also on the 28th, head over to the Broom Factory for Youth Open Mic Night with Savannah Shea. Whether you're a budding songwriter, a gifted musician, or a passionate poet, this stage is yours. Free coaching sessions by the incredible Savannah Shea will take place from 12 to 1, and open mic runs from 1 to 3. This event is entirely free. Reserve your spot at the Google form linked at cfrc.ca. On January 28th, there will be two karaoke nights, one at the Royal Tavern at 8pm and one at the Toucan at 10.30. Both events are free of charge. House of Cards takes over Kingston. On January 28th, Justin Sider's drag show, Drag Me to Safety, Justin Sider's Y2K birthday show, will take place at the mansion at 7.30pm. Get ready to celebrate Justin Sider's birthday in style with music from 1995 to 2005. Tickets can be purchased for $20 at the door or $15 on Eventbrite. This has been Danielle with your community events and concerts calendar. Wishing you all a great week. Thank you for tuning in to CFRC's local news programming. To revisit episodes of Today in YGK and hear more from some of our guests, be sure to head to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Today in YGK is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street, and The Screening Room at screeningroomkingston.com. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next. 
What'll I Wear offers the best in vintage, funky, one-of-a-kind treasures, clothing, accessories, and a fabulous selection of jewels, vintage and new. Find the cutest purse, the most dashing of hats and sunglasses, everything to complete your individual look. What'll I Wear has it all. They can dress you from top to bottom. Find your new fashion fave at What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street in Kingston. Visit their new location and follow them on Facebook to keep up to date with what's in store at What'll I Wear. 